Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is now what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from cuddly coattles to clever cambions. And today we're talking about Corlon Lorethian. Big man himself. Big elf dad. Big elf dad. Big elf daddy. Hi, elf dad. Why are you such an asshole? <laughs> he's, not, he's, not actually, he's actually quite a nice guy. He's a pretty nice guy. Why are your kids such assholes? Um, are his kids assholes? Yeah, elves oh, are Oh, you're talking jerks. about elves. <laughs> elves are actually very, very nice in the in the actual vanilla lore. If, um, you're, el- if you're an elf. No, the elves are, are very generous and kind for the most part. They can be a bit isolationalist and a bit arrogant, but, I mean, they're generally very good creatures. They're mean to dwarves. Um, they can get frustrated with dwarves, but even even uh, in uh, just normal D&D lore, elves and dwarves are actually allies. In Tolkien, you have to spend a lot of time with your dwarf or elf buddy until you're, like, super Until you bros. actually get along. Yeah, yeah. that's true. But so, then you're, like, bros for life. Then you're bros for life. That's true. Um, so Corallon Lorethian is the chief deity of the Elven Pantheon, known as the Sildarin. Uh, he is a chaotic, good, uh, greater deity. So he's a, he's a big boy uh, and creator of all the elves. Um, as the patron deity of Elvenkind, Corallon governs the things held in highest esteem by elves. So magic, music, arts, poetry, and warfare are all things under his domain. He governs magic? Um, yeah, we're going to kind of get into that. He's He is a patron of the magical arts, elven wizards, 
uh, pay homage to him and not to Mistra. And he's got kind of a deal with Mistra where his his magic operates differently and a little bit separate from her weave. But oh, wow. We'll get into that later. Like there's a, it's like two different, like it's like 4G and 5G. <laughs> I liken it to the way that like uh, Apple actually doesn't own their own cloud storage. They just rent it from uh, from Amazon. Oh my God, they do. <laughs> yeah, actually from Google, I believe it is. I think it is. Yeah. I think I've heard that it is yeah, Google. It, doesn't Google like float their, their storage like out in the ocean? Um, or they do have they a, really? That's super cool. It's either That's that or they had a design for it where like the tur- they had like turbines to power it that's from ocean waves. Gnarly. Oh, yeah. that's really cool. I have to look into that. Um, but yeah, I like it to that. I, I feel like Coraline's just renting weave space from <laughs> Mistra. It is <laughs> buying cloud storage exactly. at a discount. <laughs> so uh, Coraline is also known as the protector, the preserver of life, and the coronal of Arvandor. Um, it is said that Coraline is both chaos and beauty personified. His mood and visage are as fluid and changeable as the wind. Though often referred to as a he, Coraline has no true form or true gender. He can appear as male, female, both, or neither. He can he can appear as like a babbling brook or a tree if he wants. It, it It's up to his whim. Like a ball of light. A ball of light, yeah. He could, could and probably does do that a lot. Okay. Most commonly, Coraline is depicted as an androgynous-looking male high elf with golden hair and unreal earthly beauty and grace and forgotten realms it's actually said that Coralon affixed himself to this male form when he married uh, arishne who ends up becoming lolf later in mm. order to create a balance to his wife's female form and give like the elves like some sort of balance I guess. oh interesting so he like took yeah. on the form of like gender with a mate to like kind of make a mirror of it in the material yeah plane? kinda now this is that's forgotten realms lore and uh, I guess we'll talk a little now. So before divi- di- diving into anything further with Coralon, I just want to say that essentially there are two versions of Coralon Lorethian. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the more p- familiar version that's presented in every single edition and source book all the way up until Mordenkainen's Tomophos of 5e. And then there's 5e's source book, Mordenkainen Tomophos version of Coralon. Okay. We're going to talk about both. They're both very, very different people and they have very different... Uh, lore and origins. And then I'll talk about the uh, Amazon Prime live adaptation. Okay, yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. <laughs> Have you seen that meme where it's like the manga, the anime, the live ad- adaptation? <laughs> no, by I like Netflix or or Amazon or, or, or whatever. whoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that's my, funny. My Coralon's gonna it. be played by uh, the actress that does the elder, the ancient one. I like that. That's yeah. actually that's a good pick. I think. Yeah, just like in Constantine, she was Gabriel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she's a great pick. Uh, Tilda. <laughs> Tilda Swanson? Swanson. Tilda Swinton. I think Swinton? her name is. She, yeah. Okay. She's there a you very, go. Very good actress. Thanks Anyways. for that pool. I was having trouble with that pool. <laughs> yeah. No problem. <laughs> so Mordenkind and Stomophos prevents Coralon as a capricious, mercurial, and whimsical entity of unknown origins. He simply just existed one day, and uh, in his existence, he danced from world to world as a being of infinite grace and mutability. <laughs> I showed um, up and I'm like, oh, dope. I'm going to dance. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, they really lean heavily into Coralon's chaotic aspects in this version. And they, in my opinion, they way heavily downplayed the good aspects of his character. Heavily um, downplayed. So they made him more like a fake creature. Yeah, very much like. more like a fake creature. Uh, he seems very much more morally ambiguous and just chaos, chaos, chaos. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very flamboyant, passionate. He loves wholeheartedly. He breaks oaths with no reservation. And he takes pleasure in new experiences and encounters. He essentially is a whimsical fake god, is this version. So, so. if like you, if Coralon, like promises you something, like take it with a 
great with, soul. With have a great soul. soul. Yeah. yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, well, the traditional depiction of the Elven Lord is that of a father slash mother, teacher, and leader of his people. He embodies the highest ideals of Elvenkind and seeks uh, the honing of crafts of art, music, magic, and swordplay. He forms political alliances with other pantheons and entities in his pursuit to preserve the elves and good in the universe from the taint of evil. Though he spurs his people... I'm sorry, the taint of evil? Yeah, basically, he, the taint of evil. Yeah, <laughs> That's gross. Know. I bet it smells bad. I bet it smells horrible. <laughs> so, though he spurs his people to self-reliance, he leads by example for his elves to emulate. He is a fierce and arrogant warrior, a wise caretaker, and a graceful and skilled artist. So those are kind of your two versions. And both versions have different stories for every major event that Corlon is known for. And so I'm going to have to tell you multiple stories for every story that I tell you today. It's like uh, like Bob Ross is the embody- the, the mortal embodiment of Corlon Lorethian. He's like putting on paint classes and stuff. But he's also <laughs> like a delegator to like social issues. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly how, what he would be like. Cool. And also a dope warrior. So. A dope warrior. Bob, Bob Ross stabbed you with a paintbrush. Yeah. <laughs> Got you right in the neck. So as I was saying, Mordenkainen's, uh also took it upon itself to rewrite some of the major historical historical events of Coralon and the elves in order to make the new version of Coralon fit. Mm. So we're going to tackle it as we go along. And so let's get started. The first historical diversion between the two versions of Coralon is the story of Coralon's infamous enmity with Grumsh and the origins of the elves. Grumsh, if you don't remember, is the chief deity of orcs. Yeah. And a mortal enemy of Corallon. Yeah. So Mordecai Snowfoes claims that in time immemorial, while Corallon danced from world to world, his whimsical antics caught the attention and wrath of Grumsh, mightiest of the orc gods. Corallon, though, pays little heed to Grumsh's fury. Um, And in his arrogance, he allows the orc god to get too close to him, close enough to strike and wound Corallon. Oh, I bet when he got hit, he was like, what the Grumsh, dude? (laughs) What the Grumsh? Um... (laughs) Uh, Grumsh striking Corallon ignites a clash of the titans that legendarily cost Grumsh his left eye. Um, from the blood that Corallon shed were born the first elves, among them those that would become the Soldarine. What else does that? that? Don't the devils do that? Is isn't as doesn't Asmo do that when he bleeds? He like spawns yeah. every drop of blood. Asmo uh, Asmo that falls from Asmo's body uh, spawns a pit fiend, which is the most powerful kind of. Devil. <laughs> That's right. That's, <laughs> I remember our bit about like being at dinner and like yeah, cut, like because exactly. he's always oh, bleeding. God damn it! Just get out of here. <laughs> in the middle of a meeting. <laughs> The same thing with Coralon. I serve you. Like all <laughs> good callback. There, yeah, the, the, there when it, it happens to oh, that's a T-shirt right there. Oh, yeah. serve you. <laughs> when it happens to uh, when it happens to Coralon, like a bunch of elves spawn. And they just like dance away. And he's yeah. Like, oh, oh god. Oh. Okay. Bye. Yeah, I can see that. So that's the Mordenkainen's uh, version of those events. Oh, that's cool. The traditional version is a bit different. So the traditional version of the story, the Seldarain already existed. So they're already like a pantheon. There just weren't elves yet. Okay. Um, and Arishne and Coralon were already wed at this point. So that fact is very important because her betrayal is a key component to the rest of the story. Uh, honestly, it's a key component to every fucking major event that happens to Coralon. Okay. But we'll get into that later. So in time immemorial, right after the prime was first formed, the various gods decided to divide the world up into sections for their various creations to live in. Like the planes? Or they um, just kind the of divide up the actual prime material plane. plane. So okay. like dwarves get the mountains and the oh, humans yeah, yeah, get yeah. the whatever, okay. and et cetera, et cetera. So, so yeah, the gods are deciding to to kind of divide it up. 
As a prank, though, uh, various gods of other pantheons decided to rig the lot drawing in such a way so that there would be no lot for Grumps to draw. (laughs) Real dick move. That's not really a prank. That's just fucked up. (laughs) So this, of course. I wonder if he was like, what the Grumps, guys? (laughs) He's like, damn it. Now I'm saying it. What the Grumps? It's so catchy. It's so catchy. I don't even know what it means. What does it even mean? What do you guys mean when you say that? What the Grumps, you guys? Oh, damn it. I said it again. So, of course, this sends the chaotic evil entity into a furious rage. Um, still, Coralon seeks to set things right and manages to convince Scrumpsh back to the negotiation table. Okay. He's <laughs> like, so, look, man, that was fucked up. Let's figure something out. We'll talk about it. Hey, hey dog. But not, co- not cool. But Coralon's wife, Arishne, um, ends up conspiring with Grumpsh against Coralon and in her desire to take... Uh, Coraline's place as leader of the Soldarine. Oh, I was about she, to ask why. Yeah, for she, power. For power. She convinces Grumsh to attack Coraline at this negotiation. Uh, furthermore, she cursed Coraline's legendary sword, Sahadrian, uh, so that when the orc gods struck it, it would shatter. And she did oh. this, of course, in secret. Yeah, she wanted to get this motherfucker killed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Coraline uh, only manages to survive this attack by Grumsh by the intercession of Sahanin Moonbow. That's another elven goddess. She's going to come up a lot in this. I really look forward to her episode, actually. Uh, who arrives just in time because she catches on to uh, like the, the foul play, even though she can't quite pin it on Arishne. Okay. And she ends up restoring Coraline's blade. Coraline then disarms Grumsh, gouges out his eye, and it's said that the blood spilled of Coraline mixed with the tears of Sahanin Moonbow because Coraline was wounded at the time. F- and from this mix, the elves were born. Was she like uh, like Pegasus crying on, like Harry Potter style, <laughs> crying on his wounds like to heal him? Uh, maybe. Sure. Abs- absolutely. We can go with that. I kind of like that image. Was Arishna cool. was the wife? No, Sahanin Moonbow. No, oh, Arishna is the wife who okay. betrayed him. Yeah, because yeah, she's loth. We could just call her Lolf. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I was just going to say, like, uh, the daughter, uh, who's the um, the goddess? Sorry for, like, not remembering my lore very well. But, like, in the Underdark, there's Uh that goddess, that part of the pantheon that's, like, for the drow. That's, like, a good guy kind of. She's the daughter of Coralon and Lolf. This this moon tier chick sounds just like her, kind of. Like, um, I guess, yeah, they, I mean, they're both kind of tied to the moon, but so are a lot of elf deities, and they are very, both very kind deities. Super interesting. Uh, I think Sahanin Moonbow is probably my favorite of all the elven gods. It's she, like a cool... She's super cool. That's like a cool name. This is a mouthful. It is a mouthful, but she's super dope, and like I said, she's going to come up a lot. Sahanin Moonbow. Sahanin Moonbow. Sahanin Moonbow. So either way, um, there's kind of one thing these two stories agree on. Unlike other gods who had an active hand in creating their progeny race, Coralon created the elves unwittingly, and more importantly, from part of himself from his blood right and thus all elves are essentially small self-aware portions of Coralon himself oh shit yeah they're little pieces they're little nanotech like satellites yeah there we go they're sending data back to Coralon he's like no I'm busy (laughs) like I can't listen to the small portion of my brain (laughs) right exactly (laughs) like not all the time anyway so the the second major discrepancy between the two versions of Coralon is the story of the war of the Soldarine and the betrayal of Lolth Um, even though she's already betrayed him she portrays him a second bigger time. Um, Mordenkainen's presents the original elves risen from the blood of Coralon, not as the humanoids we traditionally view them as, but as infinitely mutable beings much like Coralon himself. Okay. Um, where was I? 
lost my soul in my notes there. So many words. Uh, much like, yeah, much like Coraline himself. And of these, they were called primal elves. Of these primal elves, one was privileged to be greater than any of the others. Uh, despite having more power and prestige than any of the others, um, this being was unsatisfied with Coraline and his leadership. Well, like a mortal being? Um, one of the primal elves. Oh, one of the primal elves. Yeah, this okay, is yeah, the yeah, greatest yeah. and most powerful of the primal elves. Uh, was unsatisfied with Coraline's leadership. And she wished to lead the elves to conquer the multiverse. And she saw a potential in gaining power by giving up her mutability. She named herself Lolth and persuaded others to take on static forms. Mm. As the elves changed their nature, they also changed their perception of themselves and of the of Coralon. They came to view Coralon as their father who sired them, and they came to view Lolth as their mother who set them on their new path of destiny. Oh, man, it's like a bad divorce. It's like a bad divorce. It's exactly it that. Yeah, right. Except, yeah. There was like murder, attempted murder involved. Um. Well, there, there's about to be. So Coralon, upon discovery of what was going on, he was, I guess, busy at the time. Um, <laughs> okay. He and he he's revolted by what he perceives as a betrayal. Okay. Um, in his anger, he rails against Loth. I think it's implied that he straight up attacks her. Oh. Um, because again, this is Mordenkind's Coralon. He's not a very good dude. He's kind of a. Well, he's chaotic. He's, he's very chaotic. He's just trying yeah. to get shit done. However, he's, and he's very emotional. Mm-hmm. Um. This ends up dividing the elves into two factions that either support a Coralon or Lolf's positions. Rather than a war, though, it seems that before their hosts of elves, Coralon and Lolf engage in a mighty debate. Um, but at some point during this, these epic arguments, Lolf ends up striking a blow against Coralon uh, while he's distracted. And what's worse is while Coralon's hosts rose to defend Coralon, Lolf's hosts did nothing to stop their mistress's onslaughts. Oh. So her her actions uh, rendered the elven people asunder. Lolf and Coralon split ways. Um, Lolf, in this version, chooses to go on and become a demon lord. Weird choice, but okay. <laughs> Weird um, flex, but okay. Yeah, Coralon casts out all the elves out of uh, Arvander, with the exception of the Seldorian, who were like the mightiest and greatest of the primal elves that he had kind of chosen. Right. So that's Mordenkainen's version of the War of the Seldorian and the Betrayal of Loth. We're going to get into the other version after the short rest. Sounds good. All right. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow 
grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode where we're not talking about the last thing we're talking about. We're talking about this new thing, this new thing is you and how much we love you. Tell them how much you love them, Will. All the much. I love you too. Um, let's talk about people on Patreon that we love. Uh, <laughs> thank you for uh, for becoming a patron, uh, Cameron McGon. Thanks, Cameron. Uh, Alexander Reyes. Thanks, Alexander. Nick Frazier. Thanks, Nick. Brutal Tostitos. Thanks, Brutal Tostitos. War Boner. <laughs> Thanks, War Boner. And Nathan Abernethy. Thanks, Nathan. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, we really appreciate you coming on board, and we're hoping you're enjoying uh, all the exclusive bonus content that we have available on our Patreon Indeed. for uh, uh, donation tiers for you today, anytime. You can go there 24 hours a day and get Patreon services, depending on how much money you want to put in. So uh, we do get the majority of those proceeds, and it really does help keep the lights on for the show. We were able to upgrade a lot of things, like our... Um, uh, let's see. Our microphones are brand new. Mm-hmm. Our audio interface is brand new. New we'll, lighting. We got new lighting. We're working mm-hmm. on getting um, uh, the next big thing on the list is laptops and mm-hmm. cameras, new cameras, because mm-hmm. we do use our phones to record the video for this, <coughs> mm-hmm. which is great. It works fine, but I would really like a camera. Indeed, they're just very expensive. Indeed, um, they are. So for to, for a quality one, like we would want to get, <laughs> um, and laptops would super make our lives easier. But we're working on it. Um, and we really appreciate all the things that you guys do for us, um, telling people about the show and things like that really help the visibility, leaving iTunes reviews. But there's something in particular you can do to maybe help yourself get a little extra off the top from us. Um, we are putting on a dice giveaway. You can get a Goliath 40 millimeter D20 uh, made by Kraken Dice. We will ship it directly to you. Here's what you got to do. Go to the Dungeon Cast on Instagram. Follow the account. Find the post that mentions the giveaway. Uh Leave a comment on it tagging two people, and as long as you are still following us at the time that the contest drops, you will you I mean you'll be entered in the in the drawing, and we'll pick someone at random to win the die. Um, there's another way you can enter. Yeah, just go on Twitter and go ahead and share uh, either the Dungeon Cast or Super Quest Saga with the hashtag Dungeon Cast or Super Quest, and uh, both of those will be counted as entries. So that'll be two entries. Right. And if, if you do that, yeah, you'll be entered into the contest, which I think we are drawing a name from the pot on the thirteenth. Yes. Yeah. So, so June thirteenth, we'll be announcing a winner. I think in between this episode and next, or something like that. Or I think maybe so, by something next like episode. That. We'll look at the calendar and by, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we don't announce it for like another like at least month or month and a half from now. So that's just true. because of the way we record. That's true. Although it'll get announced on Twitter. Yeah, and yeah. on on uh, on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Um, thanks to everybody who's been following. We've been seeing like a 
like a good upswing of followers on there, you mm-hmm. know, as a result of the contest and stuff, I'm sure. But um, it's actually drawing in like, oh, we do have an Instagram account and people are like realizing right. that. So, <laughs> it's a thing yeah, now. thanks a lot uh, for doing that. We're, we do like announcements and polls and stuff and post like cool art on those platforms and, you know, the meme game. Uh, <laughs> the meme game. The meme game's gotcha. strong in All D&D right, right now. Uh, so, yeah, we're, let's let's get the fuck out of here and go back to the show. Let's go back to the show. We've returned. Indeed we have. <laughs> We've returned. And last we left off, uh, I was telling you the Morning Kind of Tomophones version of the War of the Soldarine and the Betrayal of Loth. So now let's get into the traditional version of this story. So... Mm-hmm. The original version of this story tells of Arishne, Corlon's wife, and her fraternization with the enemies of Arvandor. Um, we're talking about the gods of the goblins, the orcs, and other evil deities. Um, and a conspiracy between her and um, her and Corlon's son, uh, Veyron. So her and Corlon had a couple kids. Veyron, who's the older son, and then Elastrae, who's the younger daughter. Oh, yeah, that um, comes up. Yeah, Veyron takes after his mom. He's, he's a bastard. And Elastrae takes after her dad. She's really cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so a conspiracy between her, her son Veyron, and the evil pantheons of all these enemies of Arvandor um, kind of coalesces. And she has her son bring the armies of her enemy to Arvandor, and she has her son curse the scabbard of Corlon's sword so that it would trap his sword when he when he attempted to, uh, um, what's the word? Unsheathe it. There we go. Unsheathe it. And he also, the, the curse had a second effect that the scabbard would attract bolts and arrows to its wearer. Ooh, what? Yeah. And they tricked Elastrae, Veron's sister, and Coralon's daughter into giving Coralon the scabbard so that he wouldn't even think about foul play because she's such a dope person. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So they had a really good person tricked into giving it to him. Ooh, that's so the, messy. It is messy. So the forces of evil invade Arvander, and Coralon leads his armies to defend their home. Uh, when he meets in battle this ogre deity, he attempts to draw Sahadrian from his from his sheath. But because of the curse, of course, it was stuck. Elastrae, ignorant of the curse, attempts to save her father by firing these ogre-sized uh, arrows from her bow to slay the ogre. Ogre sli- ogre-sized arrows? Yeah. She's just like launching air- ogres out of a cannon. <laughs> That's all it is. That's all it is. Or maybe like but, petrifying ogres and like stand like a tree, like as pointy as you can. Okay, turn your stone, I'm going to fire you out of this cannon. Sure. <laughs> But because of the curse, her arrows were magically drawn to and struck Corallon in his chest. He's like, oh, oh are you shooting ogres at me? <laughs> what the fuck? Right. So still Corallon in all his power did not die here. The elven armies do eventually push back the forces of evil as Corallon lays wounded. Um, Arishni then, the, again, remember, that's Loth. Right. She'd probably just call her Loth, but she's not Loth yet. She's no, Arishni. not yet. So Arishni approaches her husband with a terrible poison disguised as a healing ointment. But before she manages to apply it, Sahani Moonbow shows up. <laughs> okay. Uh, who had caught on to the uh, wind of the plot and treachery. And I believe at this point she had proof that Arishni was behind everything. And with the help of fellow elven goddesses Eridre Fania and Hanalee Selanil, <laughs> there, Selanil, there we go, uh, fused together, the three of them, into this being known as the Triune Goddess. Um, gosh, I don't want to have to pronounce this. Angarad? <laughs> Angarad. Angarad. 
the triune goddess Angerad, which is Sahani Mumbo, Eridrefania, and Hanali Selenil, all fused into one. So, Su- super goddess. And they confront everybody like, what the grumps yeah. is going on here? So she, <laughs> seriously. So she shows up, she subdues Arishne, and she heals Korolon. Okay. Um, Arishne and Veron are then put on trial and found guilty. Um, Coralon brought his power down to bear upon his wife, transforming her into a giant demon spiding, spider, renaming her Loth and banishing her into the abyss. Uh, he also banished the Dark Elves and the Elven Gods for siding with her during the whole conflict. I guess I left that part out. Yeah, the Dark okay. Elves uh, totally fought against... Uh, by the side of ogres and goblins. Sorry, I'm laughing at the naming of Loth. It's like, yeah. it sounds like a word, like, I can't think of something. So you're like, I'll call you Loth. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Mm, yeah, Loth. <laughs> <laughs> right. So two very different stories with essentially the same-ish outcome, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. It's the, like no matter what universe you play it out in, you're like destined to become Loth and like Coraline yeah, gets wounded. Yeah, it's just one, she willingly went there and they weren't actually married and Coraline was kind of weird about it in the other version. In this one, he just got tricked a lot. I like this one <laughs> where uh, Sun Hanin Moonbow like summons the Power Rangers of her universe to like become the Megazord. Yeah, yeah. I then, think that's like, the real takeaway. Evil. The real yeah. takeaway is Sun Hanin Moonbow's a badass. <laughs> <laughs> Every version of the story, she's super dope. She's super cool. So uh, you can be crying and be dope. It's yeah, it's true. That's the moral yeah, of the story. Yeah, so, sure. is rad. so the real difference is the general idea of who and what Corlon is and what his ideals and prerogative is. Um, take your pick, but there isn't much left to talk about when it comes to the Mordecai and Toma Foes version. That's basically all I got on him. So for the rest of the episode, I will be talking exclusively about traditional Corlon. Okay, just letting you know that right now. Or like, like I am not vanilla. recording. Oh, like your... Uh, my video is not recording. Well, turn it on. God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, you lost me there, folks. <laughs> but I'm back. Where was I? You're going to tell me about Vanilla Corlon. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, I am. And that's all we're talking about for the rest of the episode. So, so get over it. So as I mentioned before, Corlon is a deity of many things, but his primary concern is essentially the protection, preservation, and cultivation of the elves um, and thwarting the plots and atrocities of orcs and drow. Okay. So yeah, his teachings instruct his followers to cultivate beauty in all they do, to seek out lost magic and arts of ancient times, to ward against those that would destroy what they cannot remake, uh, to commune with nature and the mystical world, and to be strong against the corruption of evil and greed. Okay. That's sweet. So yeah, mostly good things that you you know I could get behind for sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can deal with that. I can deal with that. Society yeah. built off of these. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. So when it comes to relationships, few have as many allies as the Elven Lord Corallon. First, uh, most of Saldarin are the closest allies to Corallon, and they are truly his allies and his friends. Like, they are a family, if you will. That's cool. Uh, with a couple exceptions that are kind of like black sheep of the family, but for the most part, they're you a still, pretty tight-knit group. You still inv- uh, like invite them to the barbecue? Right, but they don't show up most of the time. <laughs> yeah, or if they do, they like drink all your beer. And yeah, like, basically. Home. Okay. Uh, Coralon is married to the triune goddess, the Hanin, Eridre, and Hanalil fused into one. And together they form a very, very strong leadership for the elves and a mighty beacon of good. Um, from my readings, though, in my opinion, it seems that Coralon is, he's mostly married to Sahanin Moonbow. And the oh. other two are just kind of there. <laughs> That's just my opinion. <laughs> This is Maine. This <laughs> is my Maine. It's Maine. The other two are in his pockets. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so anyways, moving on. Of the banished elven gods, Coralon only remains close with Elastrae. We talked about this in the Loth episode. Elastrae banished herself along with the drow in order to 
be the only good influence left to them because she, you know, she she's not going to give up on them. She's like set that up. Like God, guess guess I got to get banished. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> um, no, it's actually a really heartbreaking scene. There's actually some art for it on the Forgotten Realms wiki of Elastrae oh. saying goodbye to her father. Oh, geez. Um, yeah. So she again, she acts as the sole influence of good amongst the Drow. Coralon has strong alliances with Moradin, Garl Glittergold, and Yolanda, who are all respective leaders of their pantheons. That would be the Dwarven, the Gnomish, and the Halfling pantheons. Um, all good deities with a shared wariness of human expansionism is kind of like their general connection there. That's why he's such strong allies with them. For sure. It's like we're all good people and the humans weird us out. Isn't Garl Glittergold the the idiot teacher from Prisoner of Azkaban? Um, no. Sorry, that's a bad joke. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Continue. Um, Carlon maintains close relationships with uh, the various deities in nature, so like Sylvanas and Shantae and all them. She, he, um, oh he, god, it was Chamber of Secrets. Oh my god. Oh my god. You're talking about uh, Gildroy Lockhart. Yes. Oh, oh my god. Anyways. <laughs> So, yeah, oh, uh, Coralon has alliances with nature deities as well. So he just has friends in basically high places everywhere. Um, he has a strong friendship with Mistra, the goddess of magic, whom he greatly respects for her knowledge and skill in magic and her power over the weave of magic. Did he, like, uh, steal her blueprints? And that's why there's <laughs> that's why there's 5G magic. I guess so. <laughs> While she governs most magic users and the weave of magic, Coralon cultivates elven magic and elven high magic separately. Right. Um, now, Elven, I, Elven High Magic is a type of magic that only elves can tap into, and it is uh, order of magnitude more powerful than anything any other mage can tap into. So where is that quantified in, like, 5e books? It's not. It's just a lore thing? It's just a lore thing, as far as I can tell. So, like, if you're an Elven wizard, you're never going to do, like... Like, unless you got a homebrew Elven High Magic? I think you would have to homebrew. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe there's a source book. I'm sure there's a source book somewhere. Well, there's pro- I'm sure if there's but, lore on okay. it, then there's some kind of quantification for it. But it's not in the 5e book, is so what I'm saying. In, in a lot of D&D settings, um, there is lore. You know how you know how the spell levels only go up to nine? Yes. Um, there is lore that it the mages used to have access to 10th to 10th level spells oh like truly cataclysmic level magic oh and it almost brought ruin to the prime okay. so the goddess of magic was like uh never mind no more and she forbade and completely made it impossible for level 10 magic to ever be cast to the prime plane <laughs> she's like we need to we need to get the level cap down to 20 yeah. 25 is too high 10th level yeah. magic, not good. So my my <laughs> understanding of Elven High Magic is it's either a way around this to cast oh high my level God. bullshit, or it's like level 9.5 magic. They're like they're like magic hacking. Like yeah, I found a loophole like in the weave. Hacking. Exactly. <laughs> Are you an elf? Does Coraline really like you? Well, okay, you, the rules don't apply. You have a back door. <laughs> now, I could be wrong on that. Obviously, my um, knowledge on Elven High Magic is extremely limited. So uh, I'm sure Sounds someone like will either correct me. Maybe we'll talk about it in yeah. the Elves 2 episode, which I'm sure will happen. We're doing Elves 2? I think we're going to have to. Elves the sequel? <laughs> Elves, Elves the sequel. again? Elves again. <laughs> uh, I think we, we do need to go back and recover some of the the very, very old episodes because I think we do a much better job now. Yeah. And there has been some juicy source books for 5e to come out that really recover Elves and Halflings and all that. But that's a discussion for another day. Yeah, there's enough to expand on yeah, some of the stuff. Yeah, and that episode. So probably won't happen this year, so we'll, we'll talk about it another time. Okay. So, when it comes to enemies, Coralon also has many of these. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the entire orc pantheon, which there's quite a few of those, uh, the entire goblin pantheon, uh, the dark Soldarian, which is the drow pantheon, and evil deities such as Bane, Steric, and Talos all hold Corallon in very high enmity. Mm. So he has many, many friends and many, many enemies, and everyone has a strong opinion. Well, about it's like Corlon. if you have that many friends and like the the enemy of my enemy is my friend sort of thing. It's like who knows like the possibilities that the team up on Corallon could be like Yeah, I think deep. any deity attacking Corallon is basically a World War 1 for Forgotten Realms deities. <laughs> World basically, War everyone War. gets involved. Oh my god. Cuz everyone's either a friend or an enemy. So, oh, there we go. So, though nearly all good elves worship Corallon, his blue robe clerics live by his example. By his example, they serve as leaders, teachers, diplomats, and generals. Uh, they train their communities in magic and combat. They watch over the borders of Elven lands, so they're pretty prominent in Elven society. Nice. Okay. In the outer plains, Corallon is served by two solar angels. Remember, we talked about how they're. They, it said there's only 24 of those. Yeah. Well, he's got two of them. Fuck. Uh, Lashrael and. Falarathael. That sounds like a Dragon Ball Super. You know how Zeno has like two guards? Right. Yeah, exactly. Solar angels. Indeed. Oh, shoot. Yeah. So they act as his messengers, generals, and champions. Wow, um, that's super dope. Indeed. As a greater deity, as we mentioned in the Morden episode, Coraline is beyond the level of being fightable to anything, not on the power level of like at least a minor deity. Okay. Um, But second edition does do us the honor of statting out his avatar, much like they did for Morden. Oh, nice. Okay. So, so Second edition has Coralon's avatar statted out as a level 36 fighter, level 35 wizard, level 29 bard, and level 25 cleric. Um, Sorry, what? Yeah. Basically, he's a level 70 character. His longsword, Sahadrian, is a plus six magical weapon that causes 4d10 damage per round to whoever tries to wield it that isn't one of the Seldari. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, He wields a plus five magic longbow named Amlathana. Um, that never misses within a five mile radius. His quiver has miles. A, yeah, five miles <laughs> never misses. Okay. His quiver has an infinite supply of two d10 arrows. Oh shit! He has an amulet of pure good and a magic wand that has a combined power of a staff of power, a staff of the magi, and a wand of frost. Oh man! He can cast high elven magic without penalty. Uh, so I guess there's penalty for high elven magic. But not for him. Uh, he's immune to movement impairment of any kind. He's immune to energy drains. And he's completely immune to any type of mind control uh, or charming. Uh, he's immune to illusion magic. And he's immune to weapon attacks made by weapons not of a plus three magic weapon or greater. So he's like strong enough to wield the Infinity Gauntlet? Oh, definitely. Yeah. He practically is the Infinity Gauntlet. Made the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> Indeed. So, yeah, that's Coralon. Do you got any questions about Coralon? I have a question about Grumsh. Okay, sure. Um, what what's going He'll on? With the, on what's going episode. on with the eyeball? I know, but like, I want to know what happened with the eyeball because is that not like um, that? That screams magic item to me. The eye of Grumpsh. You know, uh, you, you would think so because you know there's like the eye of Vecna. Yes, that's why. Yeah, I don't think there is. I think his eye was destroyed. I know that a lot of Grumpsh like. Um, priests or cultists if you will will take out their left eye in honor of Grumsh and he grants them power for that so yeah there's if you if you see a one-eyed orc it's probably a spellcaster and probably a fairly powerful one (laughs) beware the one-eyed orc indeed that's great that's actually a really cool like plot hook some crazy old man yeah absolutely (laughs) um no yeah I had it so what you're telling me is like they didn't write it down but Coralon ate it no no (laughs) dear god no that would have grossed him out maybe he burned it um well, you like if, you don't, if you don't have any other pertinent questions, <laughs> I think we can get ready for our long rest. Okay, we can do that. Okay. I guess. And uh, I guess the thing I want to talk about today is we have a merch store. 
Yeah, we did it. We have a t-shirt shop. If you want a Dungeon Cast t-shirt, uh, you can get it there. The link's in the description. Um, if you want a Super Quest Saga t-shirt, you can get it there. If you want a TDC Plays t-shirt, you can get it there. And there's also mugs for all those corresponding logos as well. Yes. And we, I, we talked a lot about Super Quest Saga today in no context. So if you're new to the show and you want to know what that is, it's our live play and you can check it out on YouTube or SoundCloud. Indeed it is. That's Indeed all we'll say is. about that for now. Indeed. But yeah, merch store, mugs, t-shirts. Uh, we got hats. No, we don't have hats. We don't have hats. I could probably look into getting hats on there. We're going to look into getting hats there, on there. If there is an audience for hats, if people are like, I want a hat, please add hats, I'll go ahead and add hats. Oh, I want a beanie, my dude. I I'll, wanna go, I'll, I'll go see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. I know that we're going to be having uh, some stuff outside of just our logos later on down the road, but mm-hmm. we'll we'll keep everyone updated yeah, on that. Yeah, man. The holidays is coming, and uh, I would like to have me a little snow adventure and rep my dungeon cast. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. But that being said, I think we can call it a game. Call it a game. We'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.